Good morning, uh, Mr. Alan Ang. Mr. Alan Ang is the District 87 Director of Toastmaster. I think this is your first day of working as District Director, I believe. So he is. Yeah, just. Uh... <laughs> Yes, so I, I, I interview you or we talk, I think, just at the right time. Because yep, today is the first day, I think uh, just a few hours, just I think in, yeah, just 10 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, yes. So this is the right time to uh, just, yes. you know, fresh from the oven to become a district director. And yes. I'm Ronawati Wongso, your host. So mm -hmm. thank you very much uh, for the opportunity to uh, interview you and to have uh, a talk with you. It's been an honor for me uh, to be given this opportunity. So welcome, Mr. Alan Ang. Yeah, it's my pleasure as well. And I feel uh, very honored to be invited for the interview too. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Mr. Alan Ang, I think I noticed actually you are still very, very young. And uh, you have been, <laughs> now you are the district director. So I was kind of curious or would like to learn more about you. So mm -hmm. if you could share your journey in Toastmaster and what's the turning point that you really think that Toastmaster is part of your life that is now like embedded in you. You cannot, mm -hmm. you know, this is within you. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, I think I can start from how I was being introduced to Toastmasters. So in 2013, around April, I was being invited to a Toastmasters meeting. In fact, not invited. One of my colleagues visited Toastmasters and he asked me, Hey, Alan, would you like to tag along? So I went together with him to a Toastmasters meeting. So it was Brunei Speakers Club. And in that meeting, I found, you know, uh, it kind of, weird as a first timer because you suddenly come into a meeting where people start clapping for almost everything you know they have the table topics they have prepared speeches and they were giving evaluations my first impression was quite positive about it uh, of course there were times where i questions like you know why are they giving evaluations why are they so positive is it is it real or is it something they try to fake it out you know just to make people feel good about it and um right after the meeting I spent time and talked to some of the members and tried to understand about the club a little better. And I was being invited again for the second week, third week, fourth week. And if I remember correctly, I went for five times as a guest until I was being asked, like, you know, why are you not joining as a member? And I said, I'm joining as a guest. I'm listening. I'm doing table topics. I think I'm learning. But um, I was being told, no, the best learning experience is if you come in, as a member and you learn through the journey itself. So I told myself, yeah, maybe I should just join in as a member because that time I was paying guest fee and the amount of money that I paid as a guest is the same amount if I were to join as a member. So I thought, you know, might as well. So that's how I started my Toastmasters journey. First year was just only as an ordinary member, you know, rushing through all the speeches, you know, like every two weeks I would do a speech every week. I will pick up a role, whether it's as an eval uh, evaluator, table topic, masters, grammarian. So I learned from all these small things. Um, what, what really motivated me at that time was I'm a uh, Mandarin-oriented speaker at that point in time. So I don't really 
uh, I can't really articulate my words that well when it comes to English. It's like there's this Google translate in my mind. <laughs> so everything, think in Mandarin, translate and I speak it out to in English. And I don't know how to praise people. When people ask me for feedback, I'm usually very critical. And then <laughs> it's more like a criticism rather than just a feedback. And that's what's motivate me to really spend my time and hone up my skills. So that's how I started off. But when it comes to um, leadership journey, um, in my, towards the end of my first year, I was being assigned to be a club mentor for another club. And, um, and they asked me, like, hey, would you like to you know, learn more about leadership roles and X-Course? And that's why I get exposed to all these um, wonderful things in Toastmasters. So first year, you know, second year, uh, becoming an uh, X-Course for three clubs. One club, I became president. The other club, I became the vice president of education. And the third club, I joined and I became a treasurer. So in all three clubs that I am as a member, I was as a member, I was also the ex-core. It was a huge learning experience for me because I didn't know a lot of things. So the learning curve was steep, but I had a lot of great people around me that guided me, that helped me out as well. And it never stopped. It never stopped. And what still continuously pushes me until today is probably fellowship. Fellowship. Um, I joined Toastmasters wanting to pick up a skill that I hope can translate to my career and help me out in my career. What I didn't expect was a lot of friends. And I have a lot of good people as well, not just only in Brunei, but also in other places that I come across um, through conference, through trainings, and you know, when the friendship was being built, the fellowship has been established. I think that's what pushes me forward, and that's what keeps me in Toastmasters even after seven years. Of course, the common question is like, Alan, you're so young. <laughs> why, why, why are you still in here? Right? There's so many other things that you wanted to do. Again, the answer is fellowship because of the people in here. So I think earlier you mentioned that uh, were you a mem you joined three clubs. So were you members of these three clubs? Yep, I was. I started off as a member for Brunei Speakers Club, uh, but I became a mentor for Authors, which later I joined their club and became their president. And then there was a Brunei Advanced Speakers Club, so I joined that advanced club as well, and I joined as a treasurer. So three clubs, uh, three membership, and three exco. Mm, I see. But actually, what's the benefit by having joining these three clubs? Mm, the benefit. <laughs> In the beginning, it was because I wanted to do more speeches. I want to take up more roles, right? So every week, if I only join one club, I will only have one opportunity. And if I were to do a speech, I only have seven minutes. That's it. If I were to take a role as a grammarian, I only have three minutes to speak. So I was thinking, what can I do to maximize like the, uh, the amount of time that I have? So I thought the easiest way is to join more clubs. So if I join three clubs, every week I would have three chances to stick. In one year, 150. So, so that was my thought process. <laughs> Quantity over quality at that point in time. But actually, even if we join one club, we could uh, join at the club's meeting, right? We can also do our prepare speech and we could take role as well in other clubs. Mm -hmm. uh, but I won't be able to learn as much uh, for leadership skills if I don't join in as a member. Uh, I can visit other clubs. I can still do speeches. 
but I won't be able to take up leadership roles. I won't be able to take up XCORO. And to me, that is part of learning as well. Mm. I think at that time, do you have like a vision or mission in your life? So why you want to spend so much time and taking so, so many uh, roles in Toastmaster? Do you like working on something maybe? Uh, to be honest, no. I, 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 was, I was lost before I joined Toastmasters. And that is one thing that I really uh, appreciate Toastmasters about as well. Before I joined Toastmasters, I was actually at a uh, crossroad at my career. I don't see any growth in my career. Um, personal relationship-wise, I don't see any improvement as well. Um, I was actually lost. I actually don't have any missions. I'm like, if you were to ask me in 2013, hey, Alan, what do you want to be and what do you want to achieve? I cannot answer you anything because I have absolutely no idea. Mm. But after joining Toastmasters, after serving as Club Exco and talking to different people, I start to realize that everyone should have a better purpose in life. And it's not just any purpose that you go to the internet and you type up what are purpose of life and you try to pick up from the sentence that you like the most, but more like you really experience it and you go through a journey of understanding yourself. What's your shortcoming as a person? What's your strength as a person? And from there, eventually, over the years, I realized what I truly enjoy and what I truly like. And that's when I settled and I'm like, all right, I think I found my mission in my life. And I think this is what I want to do. Okay, so what, what is your mission in life after you join Toastmaster and basically you find yourself, if you can share with us? To me, the mission for me right now is only one thing. It's just to live behind a legacy for my family. What do you mean by leave a legacy behind for my family is I, I, I wish that one day if I'm no longer here and if any of my friends, whether it's from Toastmasters or not, they somehow bump into my, they, they somehow uh, cross paths with my children. And if my children were to ask, oh, do you know my, my father? And they would be able to share a lot of stories of, of times that I've spent with them. And I want my children to be proud of what I'm doing. I want them to see inspirations through my life. You know, if they were to be down in their life in the future, someone would pick them up and say, you know what, I just want to lend you a helping hand because uh, many years ago, your father did the same for me as well. And I wanted to do the same for you. And for me, in order to achieve that, I need to reach out to more people. I need to have um, personal relationship with a lot of people and be willing to give a lot more. And that, that becomes my mission right now whether it is in Toastmasters or in my personal life or whether it's in my career, it's all driven by uh, legacy. Hmm. And also, I think you mentioned like before you joined Toastmasters, you were at a crossroad and then you mm -hmm. find yourself. So uh, do you change job or now, uh, what do you do now? Before I joined Toastmasters, I was an insurance salesperson, insurance salesman. Uh, now I'm still insurance salesperson. I'm still doing the same thing. Uh, of course, I have uh, ventured into uh, business, ventured into trainings and all this along the way. But if I just compare the same thing that is um, uh, that stays the same before and after I joined Toastmasters would be the insurance industry that I'm in right now. Before joining Toastmasters, I, number one, when I talk to my clients, I won't be able to explain things in a simpler way. You know, I always explain things in full details. Now I can give a better overview. Uh, before I joined Toastmasters, I don't know how to create small conversations with 
my prospect or my clients. Now I find it more comfortable having conversations with people. Uh, before I joined Toastmasters, I don't know how to give a constructive feedback. You know, every time when people ask me, so what do you think? <laughs> I can be quite straightforward and um, sometimes I might hurt people without me knowing it or without me noticing it. Now I'm more aware of how I structure my sentences and I'm more aware of what my tone is, especially when I'm giving feedback on a, or, or sharing my opinion with someone else. And this is what I can see as the change in me, uh, having been in the same industry, but the impact that Toastmasters has given me. Okay, thanks uh, for sharing. Now that you are a district director, maybe if you can share with us your vision as the incoming district director. Um, <laughs> the vision. I, I don't have personal vision. Uh, I used to have a lot of things that I wanted to do. Uh, but as I move on on this leadership journey, I realized that if you want to lead an organization, it is more important to align your vision with the, bigger organ uh, the, 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 the organization as a whole. So if there's any vision that I want to have for District 87, it will be aligned with the visions of Toastmasters International, which is to be the first choice provider for dynamic leaderships and communications learning experience. Which means I hope if anyone in our district were to think about improving their leadership and communication skills, I hope Toastmasters is the number one thing that comes to their mind. Uh, whether it is a guest or whether it is someone who might not have experienced Toastmasters, I wish they would give Toastmasters a try. You know, you don't need to join as a member, but come in, have a look, experience it first before you make a decision. Mm -hmm. So that's my vision as a district director. But I think like this, uh, I think as a district director, your visions or what you want to achieve needs to be communicated basically to all the members and the exco. Mm -hmm. And you need to have a roadmap on how you achieve your vision or your target. Mm -hmm. Because we all say that we are in Toastmaster and we want to be you know, um, enhancing what Toastmaster is all about. Leaders are made mm -hmm. effective communication. But as a leader, mm -hmm. you may have an agenda or your target or your vision, what you want to accomplish in this one-year period. So maybe if you can share with us. I think if you have something quantitative, maybe you could also share with us. Or if it's something qualitative, then please do share with us as well. Thank you. Um, like, I, like I mentioned, the vision is pretty much set already. It's just to be the first choice provider. So like when people think about anything that relates to um, communications and leadership, I hope they think about Toastmasters. That is the vision that uh, I have set forth and whether I, even after I stepped down as a district director, I still want to do the same. So it has always been the same. Um, how I wanted to achieve it, uh, it is true, Rona, I agree with you that all this vision has to be cascaded down to everyone in the whole team and um, we have district retreat just last week and we talked about this as well and i told the whole team as well this is what we wanted to move forward to what i would like to see or what i would say would be a um, measurements of success of district 87 this term would be by may next year which is during our annual conference i hope people will be standing up to say that i want to run for president 
I want to run for area director. I want to run for division director, or I want to be part of the senior district officer. This is what I truly believe in. We want to allow people to have the platform to learn communications and leadership. And these are things that is very soft skills, you know. You can't really measure, measure it. It is experiential learning. And if I were to tell you that, hey, this is very good, but I can't even inspire you to say that I want to be leading these organizations, then probably if I were to look at myself, maybe my communication skills or my leadership skills is not enough to influence you to do so. I hope they will be empowered and say that, okay, at the end of the term, two or three or even more members stand up and say, I want to serve as a president because I wanted to achieve this. If they are inspired and they're empowered, I think that would define a success for District 87 for my term. Um, and also the reason why I'm looking at this is because a lot of times we tell the members, we are here to provide you a platform for you to be successful. So instead of us telling you that you should do this, I want to know what can we do to support you so that you can achieve your goal. And I think it means a lot to the members. We have 2,500, 3,000 members here in District 87 with different cultures. Everyone come in here for their own growth as well. If we cannot help them to fulfill their goal, then there's no reason for us to be here. Um, the title of leadership is very temporary for one year only. You know, people can say that, oh, you're now a DD. Yeah, for one term. Next term, someone else will be leading this position. So it's more like, in this one year, what can I do so that we can continuously bring the whole district moving forward as a group? As a group. And it means that every member would take a step forward towards the same direction. And the only way to do so is when every single member feels like they get better and they feel like I have improved and they feel like, you know what, I've gained so much and I also want to give back and I want to contribute as well. To me, that is the, uh, the, the measurements of success for district in this coming term. Yeah, but I'm still not clear though. I think, uh, I think uh, your, your, your vision or your target is clear. I think you described some of the how you would do it. Mm -hmm. But basically, uh, I'm not so clear. Although you explain a little bit about how you would do it, but that's the result that you were describing. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I did not get the actual what steps are you going to take? I mean, what will you make a difference for people to get inspired and to move along, you know, as to get the result as you want? Thank you for the, thank you for bringing that up. <clears throat> yes. I think if you ask me the action, the, the, the actions that we are doing right now, is just to listen to them. It's just to ask them and listen to them what they want and how we can support them. Um, that, that is a, the exact same thing that I um, cascade to the team during our retreat. Um, to have full transparency when we do communications, which means whatever decisions that we make, the members understand why we are making this decision. Um, and for them to understand that we are here to assist them. So right now, for example, are we going to go back to offline meetings or are we going to stay with online meetings? Now, all these decisions, how do we come about with the decisions? We just need to be clear to them so they understand what we are doing. The last thing that we want is members asking, why are we doing this? 
So the, the exact steps of achieving it starts with just listening to them, understanding what they want. We just need to provide them. Mm. To me, that's how I see it. Yeah. Mm. I think maybe I, I uh, would like to ask actually, in the first place, why do you want to be a district director? <laughs> why do I want to be a district director? <laughs> a, I had this conversation with a very good friend of mine uh, many, many years ago. Uh, his name is Sean. And even still now, I still talk about him. Uh, I, I mean, for those of us who knows him, um, I mean, he, he passed away already in 2016. But before that, we had this conversation. So he was running for district director's role. And I always ask him like, hey, you know what? Why are you doing this? You know, you're, you're helping so many people, but at the end of the day, you know, some people still don't like you. They still don't, they still don't agree with what you're doing. Why do you still want to do, uh, like run for these positions and all this? I said, does the title brings you anything? You know, what satisfies you? And he told me that, you know, it's not just about us. Sometimes it's about what kind of difference can you make in someone else's life? And I remember telling him that, hey, Sean, I'm not happy with what um, we are getting right now as a member. I don't think I'm, my voice is being heard. So he told me, Alan, if you want to make a difference on a bigger scale, you need to bring yourself to a position where you can be heard. And it means that if you continuously only stay as a member, you can have a best idea, but how can you, can you cascade your information up there? So step up. So the moment I step up as the area director, I see that, oh, I can actually have a voice at the district council meeting. Then I said, okay, next, what should I do? Uh, maybe try to do TLI, understand what the members really want, be at the ground level, listen to them, and then make a decision, let's go for club growth. Because I know when I can come to the positions of a district director, when I can have opportunity to serve, people will ask me for opinions. And I know at that point in time, when I give my opinion or when I share my idea, it can be cascaded to more people and people would be more than happy to listen to it because you slowly work and serve your way up there. Mm. So to me, coming to become a, wanting to become a district director is not just only trying to serve and trying to um, you know, give back. It's also a learning experience for myself too. And this is what I wanted to tell many people, you know, when you, when you take up leadership role, don't just think about how you want to serve, how you want to serve, because you might burn out. You also have to ask a very realistic question. What can I learn from this position? What can I learn from this role? Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm not a person who is very clear or has the best clarity when it comes to setting a vision, mission, strategies, and all this, which is, very, which is pretty much demonstrated in this short interview right now, like when Rona, you asked me, Alan, I think you have that part, but I'm still not very clear what are the actions that you wanted to take. And for me, taking on the district director role would also help me in having better clarity. So hopefully one year from now, maybe when we have our second interviews and all this, I can give you a better or clearer answer and it shows that I'm learning as well. So a district director role to me is not just only about serving, is also about giving myself an opportunity to learn on a higher level, on a more holistic overview. Because now, it is not just only about one club, it is about 120 clubs across three different countries. Mm. 
Uh, thanks for sharing. Maybe if you can just summarize, I think the benefit of being a district director, I think some of them, you already mentioned it, uh, but maybe if you can think uh, or maybe put it a uh, summary, what do you think is the benefits of being a district director? <laughs> Becoming a district director, number one. <laughs> number one is you get to work on your weakness because you are under microscope. Everyone is watching you right now. So you need to tell yourself, if this is my weakness, I get to work on it. That's the number one benefit of becoming a district director. Number two, you get to share your um, perspective in a way that people can listen to. So what's your idea or what's your perspective about Toastmasters and what do you want the district to achieve? You have a voice and your voice matters right now. So I think these are the two main benefits that um, I can see from serving as a district director. Mm, okay, thanks a lot. Uh, I think if uh, maybe this is before we, were, we, we are going to the closing, maybe if you can share a little bit about your turning point in Toastmaster. Turning point in Toastmasters. <clears throat> in your Toastmaster journey. Uh, okay, that's quite, that's quite, I think it's about two or three turning points. There's, there's no one that changes my whole, uh, the whole trajectory of where I'm going. Um, but the first turning point of my postmaster's journey was in 2014, 2014, when I was um, competing for humorous speech contest. Uh, not a humorous speech contest, but it was for, yeah, it was, it was for a speech contest, speech contest. So after competing and after reaching the district um, level, I did not win and I performed quite poorly. And I remember feeling bad. I was thinking, you know what, like, how can I further improve myself to be a better speaker? And the opportunity comes to me that if you want to be a better speaker, you must put yourself in positions where you can speak to different audience, not just only at your club, preferably if you can go to other division and speak. So that motivates me to take up roles like area directors and you know, beyond my club and say, I must go out there to have a bigger opportunity to speak. Because now I can speak at my club and in my country where there is three different clubs already, four different clubs already. It's already in my comfort zone. So I want to step out of my comfort zone. So where can I go? Area director. So that was the first turning point of me uh, deciding to take up more leadership role. Um, the second turning point of uh, my Toastmasters journey was when I had a conversation with Sean that I told him that I wanted to withdraw <laughs> from uh, serving uh, as a finance manager in the future when he becomes a district director. Because I told him, now I've served as an air director. I think I'm ready. I want to compete. Because in my mind, it's still about competition. <laughs> this, this is true. I remember telling him, I, I was so apologetic. I was telling him like, hey, sorry, you know, but I wanted to go back in here. No matter how much he tried to convince me, um, at the end, he gave in and he said that, you know what? Uh, it's not just only about me. I think if this is the thing that you wanted to do, you have my blessing. So 
I withdrew and I competed. And finally, I won the district humor speech contest in 2016. And after I won, of course, then the next thing, if you think, okay, now that I've won and achieved my goal, I've proven that I can actually speak, what else can I do? Before I could get my answer, that's where um, less than two months time, Sean passed away. And that's where I start to felt a bit lost in my postmaster journey because in 2017, I go to a lot of places, um, participate in TLI and all this. And people, you know, people... Talk to me about you know talk to me about him and um, in a way that it touches me because it got me thinking like uh, now that I've been a postmaster for quite a while uh, what what's in it for me and what else can I really really do uh, and uh, all these people that I met um, in 2017 uh, that, that actually you know, all the conversations that I have um, just motivates me and say that, you know what, why not, you know, serve and give back? Because when you start giving back, then you'll probably be able to see life in a different perspective. You know, it's not always about taking. There's no, there's no wrong in taking. There's no wrong in asking for more. But it really takes a lot of character. It takes a lot of courage to give knowing that sometimes when you give, you might not get the results that you want. And um, yeah, 2017 was a year where I think I grow the most, whether it is in Toastmasters or in my personal life, because I start to see life slightly different. And, um, and yeah, that, that, that would be the most important turning point in my, in my Toastmasters life. You know? Competitions to winning competitions than to finally understand what matters most in Toastmasters. That's why I totally agree with the tagline, you know? it's where leaders are made. No disrespect to anything. It doesn't say where champions are made. It says where leaders are made. So eventually you still have to go back and give back to the organizations that have given you so much. Because if we don't go back and serve, and everybody just wants to take more from it, how can we sustain the tradition? How can we sustain the vision or the, the, the reasons why it was being founded in the first place? Um, and I think I found my purpose and that's the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm coming into this um, district directorship system to, to serve and also at the same time trying to learn. Um, trying to rediscover a lot more about myself. What are my weaknesses right now? And what else can I improve on? And uh, thank you for that question, Rona. Actually, thank you for asking me this last question. I, it got me thinking a little bit and uh, I appreciate it for the question. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I think, uh, and the last one, if you have anything which you would like to convey which I have not covered in this uh, interview, please do so. Um, not, nothing specific, uh, but I like the, the podcast that you have been doing right now. And uh, if there's anything I really want to say, thank you to you, Rona. Uh, it, it means a lot to me that um, you're taking your time out to um, ask me questions and try to understand me a little bit better. And I think it means a lot to those who you have interviewed as well. Uh, 
And looking back, I'm pretty sure that looking back, maybe two years, three years from now, we're going to look back at this interview. It serves as a reminder of how far we have come. And I just want to say uh, thank you so much for you know coming up with this idea, with this podcast. It's not just only for us. It's not just only for you. I believe Toastmasters in District 87 and outside of District 87 would learn so much by just listening to your podcast because it has so much value in it. And I'm just truly blessed that, you know, you've given me this opportunity to be in your podcast. And I think I should be the one who say thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Alan Ang, the new incoming District 87 director. And I'm your host, Ronawati Wongsa. Thank you and have a nice day. Bye-bye.